Hey, what's up guys? This is Ben Landers. I'm the founder of the PEspecialist.com and I just want to say thanks for being here. You're listening to the Fizz Ed Q&A show. I hope this is an awesome, valuable conversation that will help give you some ideas and answer some common questions around the field of physical education. If you want any links for things that we talk about or summaries, make sure to check out the show notes at the PEspecialist.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the show. What's up, guys? It's Ben and Marcus, your neighborhood friendly PE teachers. We're here to give you some more tips on a very important topic, which is how do you run a successful field day at your school? Um, we have run quite a few field days, and I would say pretty successfully. Pretty successfully. Uh, so we're going to talk about some tips some tricks. Hopefully you'll find something that helps you and um, that can give you some ideas to run a good field day at your school. And all the links to everything we talk about will be linked down below. You can check them out on the show notes page, pespecialist.com slash podcast. But before we get started, let's read this week's iTunes review of the week. This is a review from Fizz Ed Teach on iTunes. It says, great shows need more episodes. Enjoyed the first show, only wish there was more. <laughs> Got some good news for you. Working That's on. what we're doing right now. <laughs> so um, thank you for reviewing the show. If you haven't, please uh, leave us a review on iTunes. It'll be really helpful. It helps everybody find the show, and um, it can help more PE teachers get the resources they need to become the all-stars that we know they are. So let's get started on uh, Field Day. Um, you want to start it off? Sure, we can start on Field Day. Uh, field day for us is what what inspires me to do field day is is a lot of the memories from what I had when I was in elementary school. Everybody can remember how awesome their field day was, and I never understood the structure and all the things it takes to be have a successful field day until obviously until you start teaching and doing those different things over there, but. Field day is a great day and, um, and a, a great time for students to enjoy some of the activities that you've done all year long and to get to do them with their classmates and, and to move around the school and have a different change of schedule than they normally do and they get up to two hours of physical activity and, and being on that team around there. That's what I really enjoy about um, field day. So, you know, hopefully you can find something that you can take back to your school and try to figure out. Uh, a great way to put on your field day and some different things like that but um, that is that is the main reason why we do on this podcast is to give you some tips and some tricks that you can use and and uh, field day for us is one of the best days of the year for the kids yes. <laughs> and for us too yeah. uh, definitely a lot of work yeah. Um, but yeah so field day is like one of the big responsibilities usually placed on the PE teacher um, I really am glad Marcus said that because it, it reminded me when um, our fifth graders did this project with art where they talked about their favorite memory at River Springs and it was like displayed on the wall for all the parents oh, to nice. see and a lot of the kids their favorite memory was field day um, and so it really does make you um, you know it makes it worth all the work that you put into it to make right. a fun day for a kid that's literally their favorite memory um, from their elementary school experience so um, first up uh, is trying to find the best time for field day. So for me, 
Um, my first three years at the school, I was teaching with another teacher that was kind of in charge of planning things. And so I just went along with everything that she was doing. Um, and we would have field day, like one of the last full days of the school year. And we are living in South Carolina. It's like a hundred plus degrees in the summer. And we had a, a parent volunteer that literally like passed out and had heat stroke. We had to get a wheelchair and like rolling back to the nurse's office <laughs> and the kids were just dying. Um, guards, man. It's just so hot where we live. And so one of the first things that I did was I uh, asked my principal if we could do it before spring break, which is in April instead of in June. The weather's much nicer. Um, she approved that. And the first year that we did that, all the teachers in the whole school were like, Amazed. thank you. That was amazing. So we had like 70 degree weather. It was just so nice outside. Um, and similar to the last full day before summer, the last day before spring break, nobody's going to be doing anything <laughs> structured anyway. The kids are crazy. Everybody's ready to get out. So it was just a great way to go out uh, for spring break. So trying to find, you know, what works for you and your location when is the weather going to be best? When yeah. is it best for you? Another, personally for me, um, it works out really well for me to do it before spring break because then after spring break, I have all the end of the year stuff, the fitness mm-hmm. post testing, all the end of the year report cards and the grades. And my music teacher is doing her performance and I have to help her with that and give her my fifth graders so they can get extra practices. And there's just a lot of stuff going on at the end of the year. So for me to be able to get that out of the way, it works better for everybody. Um, less hectic things at the end of the year with statewide testing and all the things that schools always end up doing the last month of school. Yeah, so. we had the same structure. I mean, we had field day um, at the end of the school year in June. And uh, like Ben said, down here, it's, it's really hot and it's really difficult for us to have a, a successful field day when the weather is, is not cooperative on there. And uh, we even had it at a time when we had and on two days and uh, I know a lot of the teachers that do it on multiple days and and like Ben says uh, change takes time so when I was at my school for all five days one of the first things that I tried to do was try to implement moving that field day up and it takes some time it takes some time to advocate but if you go in with the right attitude which for the students and not as for personally for you then your administration is going to be more susceptible of changing the date or doing some different times on there based on um, what's best for the students. So um, I went in with the approach of helping the students, helping our volunteers, helping our teachers have a very successful field day. And we were able to get our field day day changed to the Friday before spring break, just like uh, Ben has in his school. So um, finding that right date that can help everyone in your school be successful is the most important thing you have to do to start off with having an awesome field day. So happy for you guys. <laughs> you and me both, man. Um, so the next thing is kind of figuring out what kind of format you're going to do for your field day. And if you're at a school, most likely they've done field day before. They probably have an idea of what they want you to do. So that'll probably be a factor in it. Um, but there are a lot of different kinds of field days you can do. Like one kind that I was a part of growing up and that I've also seen is like the track and field style field day where every class one person competes in this event and so for like the 100 meter dash you have one kid from each class and then you get ribbons out and there's like a point system it's like a class competition and so you can do that kind of thing um, depending on your situation and the way that your school is set up I know one teacher in our district has uh, bleachers on his track and field 
area outside and that works really well for all the kids in the school to sit on the bleachers and then watch the multiple events that are going on he pulls the kids in from the different classes for each event and uh, it sounds like it works really well for him um, I've never done it that way uh, we always do a station style format mm -hmm. so I've always set up stations around the school and then each class will start at a different station and I blow an air horn to signal them to move to the next station uh, and then like two weeks out we start practicing those games and, and reviewing with the kids so they know what to do at each station because you only have you know six minutes or so at each station to be able to play the game real quick have fun with your friends have somebody that wins the game or have a team that wins and um, so we want to make sure that it runs smoothly like that um, another style field day which was actually at my middle school when I was growing up was like a festival style field day um, and basically it's just a big party so that's like the dunking booth, the bounce house, the concessions and all that stuff. Um, I can see that working well at a middle school, but for elementary, that just sounds like a just horrible uh, plan. And I would not want to be in charge of managing something like that. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of schools, especially around in our district, who are in contact with the, the local YMCA or the recreation center, and they'll do a field day that's Fair combined idea. with um, some of the things that they have so they can utilize the local community on there. So if you have uh, community centers that are around your area, they might get involved with your field day. Um, we even had some, some schools who've taken all of their students on buses and gone different places and had a field day off of campus away from school. So if you don't have the facilities and you don't have the space to do that, you could, I mean, it takes a lot of work, but I mean, like we said, the, the kids will remember it and the students will have that as one of their best memories. And you can do a field day off campus, off site, um, on there as well. So finding the best way for you to structure your field day after you choose a date, it's going to help you have a successful field day. For sure. So after you figure out the field day format, what you want to do is start playing those activities. Um, for us, since we're doing a station style field day, we are um, just planning out what the activities are going to be for each station. If you have, and uh, the, the schedule for ours is, um, for me, I do kindergarten and second together, and they go in the morning before lunch, and then third through fifth goes together after lunch. Um, we have around, you know, anywhere different each year, but anywhere from 15 to 17, 18 homerooms um, in kindergarten, first and second. So about five or six homerooms for each grade level. Um, and so I know I need to have at least 18 stations to make sure that when everybody comes out, everybody has a place to start. So that's kind of where you start with how many homerooms do you have and then how many stations do you need? How much space do you have? Where do they all go? Um, I'm always trying to find games that are real simple, that are easy to play quickly, and that are a lot of fun for the kids. Um, if you want some examples of games, we'll put some links below. Um, of course, you're going to do like the classics like Tug of War, the Sack Race. Um, we do a javelin throw where you throw a noodle as far as you can. And then also I'm just pulling in things that the kids have learned in PE class throughout mm -hmm. the year. Like uh, we're doing a basketball game called Hot Spots. We're going to do Cross the River. Uh, we're going to do Whirlwind, Jump and Rope. And so it's a great way for you to review the things that you've been teaching kids and give them a chance to show off their skills to the teachers, to the parents, the administration's going to be there, um, and to show the things that they have been learning in PE class throughout the year. Yeah. Um, all the games, lists of everything, examples will be linked down below. Um, if you want to check out our field day resource pack, it has game descriptions ready to print, volunteer directions ready to print, 
examples of videos and setup um, and lots of details to help you get more details if you want more details or you want to go deeper. Yeah. Um, our school is huge and been lucky enough to have 15 to 18 stations. The past couple of years, I've, the past couple of years I've had 25, 27, 30 stations. So if you have a large school, you can still work with the station format and uh, we'll give you some, some different tips and tricks that you can do to help you on that as well. But if you have a large school, doesn't mean you still can't run the station format. I mean, there's there's different ways that you could move, maneuver different things and have lots of uh, lots of stations on there. Like I said, we've we've had up to 30 stations done before in that time, but uh, but the station format w works best for us. So um, figuring out that format that works best for you is the the best plan that you can do. For sure. Um, next thing you're gonna want to do is, and this is very important, you got to figure out who's gonna run your stations for you. <laughs> Um, and so depending on the demographics of your school, maybe you have parent volunteers available, maybe your school, the classroom teachers, like the homeroom teachers are willing to, you know, run the, help run the stations when they get there and play the mm -hmm. games with the kids. Um, or maybe you need to recruit high school kids from like the key club or, um, middle school kids that are previous students from some of the, you know, or leadership organizations at those different schools. Yeah. Uh, or maybe the football team wants to come out and help run some of the field day stations. Mm -hmm. um, for us at my school, we're really lucky uh, to have parents that are willing to come out and help. Um, if I didn't have enough, I would have my fifth grade students. That's I would select I some responsible fifth graders to run the stations, stations for kindergarten second. And then I would have the parents run stations for third through fifth. Um, but uh, one thing you can do is be really organized with your field day. Make sure that it's fun for the parents and you have clear communication with them oh, yeah. to try to get them to come back out the next year. Um, because if your field day is a disaster and your parents don't have fun and you they get there and you don't know where they should be going um, and it's just not a good experience for them, they're going to be very uh, less likely to volunteer the next year. So yes. one of the best things you can do to recruit volunteers is make sure that it's a good experience, that you're grateful to them, that you express gratitude for them taking a day off work or coming out when they had plenty of other things to do to help the kids have a fun day. Um, so yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. I put an ad in the newsletter. Oh, yeah. I have an email list from the previous year that I send out to and say, hey guys, time for field day again, who's in? Um, so whatever way you can recruit help, that's what you need to focus on next. Um, what I've done in the past for on there, um, like Ben says, sending out those emails and having communication with parent volunteers. Also do a uh, screencastified video about what you need to do when you get to school. Uh, having that visual for some of the parents really helps out a lot. And in the video it says, hey, when you get to school, come and check in in the front office, meet me in the gym. If you are working in the morning, we need you here at this time. If you work in the afternoon, you're here at this time. And all those different things over there. And then I also send them um, the information about field day to them so they have the packet information that we'll talk about later on but you want to have really good communication with the volunteers that you're doing that so the volunteers know exactly what they need to do when they get there and you know be really appreciative I mean I try to say thank you and Chick-fil-a my pleasure and all the time <laughs> as many times as you can on that day because they are taking time out of their uh, schedule to come and hang out with you so I try to show them the most gratitude that day because they are I mean they they are literally the superstars on field day because there's no field day if the 
parent volunteers aren't there. And that's what we communicate to the students as well. That's another management tool that you can use for your students. Um, if you're doing on field day station style, is to say, hey, our, your parents are coming in and taking off of work for you to have these fun games with your uh, friends before you leave on spring break. And you need to make sure that you're doing your best in listening to the parent volunteers so that way that they don't have to send you away and you miss time on your field day. So that's another great way to help on those management skills, whether you're doing station style or any other kind of style of field day, any, using those volunteers to help manage your students is a great way to have a successful field day. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a good idea. Send the video out to the parents. We'll yeah. do that this year. Um, also, make sure you have clear communication with your teachers. So maybe at a faculty meeting, um, you can ask for any questions people have. Um, and another helpful thing is using an app called Show Me. Oh, yeah. um, you can create uh, with the little packet. We have like a field day map that shows them where to go, where each station is. I have starting positions. Um, you can see examples of this in the show notes if you'd like to. We'll link up the blog post. Yeah. Um, but you, the, the clearer communication you have with teachers that are overwhelmed, that are thinking about standardized testing, that their kids are ready to get for spring break, the better. Um, I have a, in the show me video, I have an example. I take a picture of the handout and then I say, hey, this is where you're going to start. This is the number that corresponds with the map. So this is where you're going on the map. When you hear the air horn, you're going to rotate to the next number on the map. And I'm going to have number cones at each station so it's real clear for them. They know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. um, try to make it as easy as possible and make sure everybody knows what to expect. Set those expectations for your parents and for your teachers. And that will help your field day run a lot more smoothly. And we, um, also, we also go through the different stations with the students in the class. So if you have students who are really good at you know, understanding the different things, they can help out those teachers and say, hey, after we go in the theater, then we need to go in the gym. Because we'll show them the students a map. We'll also talk about how you go from one station to the next, to the next station after that. And most of the students are returning students, so they already know how we do our field day activities. So they can help out with those. But having that clear communication with teachers and, and volunteers is really important. Yeah, for sure. Um, another great thing you can do to keep it organized is if you're doing like a field day with different teams so most of the games we do it's like four teams for each class they're doing a relay style or maybe they're doing like a team versus team like tug of war style thing yeah. is have the teachers split their kids up into four groups ahead of time and then uh, I started doing this a couple years ago and it was so helpful at each station I had a red green blue and yellow cone um, and you can use like spray paint, you can use paper, construction paper, whatever you want, colored tape to color code it. But basically when the kids got to the cone, they knew what team they were on, either red, green, blue, or yellow, and they would line up at each cone. And that just helped everything transition so smoothly. Um, so when the air horn blew, they would line up with their teacher, go to the next station, and they would all line up at their numbers or their colors. Mm -hmm. um, so if you can do that for your stations, it really, really helps a lot. Yeah, the pro teachers that we have, I mean, we have some great teachers, and pro teachers will get to the station, they'll go, red team's here, blue team's here, green team's here, yellow team's here. So if you have a teacher who understands that, they, they can relay that message to them. Um, have that conversation with your staff and say, and give that teacher a shout out because they'll really appreciate that on there. I really try to say thank you to those teachers who have they're organized and they're moving from one place to the other. They hear that air horn, they line their kids up, they get to the next station as quickly as possible, and, and um, those teachers appreciate that feedback from them. So 
Um, if you can give those teachers that tips, that will help your field day go really smooth. For sure. And then also another thing we do is uh, give an optional scorecard to the classroom teacher um, to like keep track of the score for each team throughout the day. So if their class is split up into four groups at each station, they can record what group won first, second, third, and fourth. Um, and then they can uh, have a class competition. And we always leave that up to teachers. Um, every homeroom is different. Some classes really would not be able to do that uh, successfully and could really just not have fun on field day if it was competitive. And then some classes, that's what they need to be able to have fun is they need that competition. So we leave that up to the classroom teacher to decide what she wants to do and we just give her the option of keeping track score or just playing for fun if they want to. Yeah. Um, next up would be just making sure that you plan out the games you're gonna be playing with your kids in the weeks leading up to field day. Prep your students, have that clear communication with them, let them practice all the games so they know what to expect. Talk to them about being respectful of the parent volunteers. Um, we have a timeout room, so if kids are not following directions, they go to the timeout room on field day for 10 minutes. They write a note to their parents, and then they get to rejoin their class. So that's another thing that motivates kids to do the right thing, just having some clear consequences if they're ruining the day for other people in their class or being disrespectful to parent volunteers. We have that option for you. Yeah. Um, and then, Next would be uh, make sure you have a rainy day plan. And sometimes, you know, some teachers might want to say, I'm just going to reschedule it. Um, for me, it's just so much work for me to organize all the parent volunteers mm -hmm. and to get the stations ready to go and to make sure everybody has a place to go and all the equipment's ready. And it takes two weeks of my curriculum to practice all the games with the kids and talk to the kids about it. So I would never want to have to reschedule that. <laughs> and so we always have a rainy day plan. Um, it's only happened one time, but it went really well when it did happen. Um, we had like three different areas, and I'm not going to go into a lot of details because you can watch the video that's linked up on the site to kind of yeah. see how it works. Um, but you want to be thinking about, is there a way you could pull it off if it does rain? We kind of split our kids up into the gym, theater, and the cafeteria and had three different areas where they were rotating around to. Um, so what, what are you going to do if it rains? Uh, are you going to reschedule or are you just going to have an alternative activity for the kids to do? Yeah. Um, since our school is so large, our rainy day plan, we, we don't have a rainy day plan because our school is so big. So you have to have that communication with your administration about what's the plan if it rains, if there's something else that you can do or um, you can have a something um, grade level wise in the gym or something like that but it might not be the same kind of plan that you had planned for field day, but you can still have a different kind of activity that's planned on there. So have that communication with your other teachers and with your administration about what you need to, what you can do if it rains outside, if you're using outside equipment. Some people can have enough facilities where they'll be able to orchestrate a whole field day inside and then you wouldn't have to worry about that. But if you do have to have a rainy day plan, have that communication done before so that way it helps um, things go smooth. True that. And then last but not least is just get things set up and get ready for the big day. Um, with the way I like to do it is the day before field day, I stay late and I just line up each station by the door that it's going to go out. And so that morning, the next morning when I come in, I'm ready to go. 
when me and Marcus used to teach together, you would back his truck up to the back door, <laughs> we'd load everything in the truck, we'd grab a few fifth graders to help us yeah. unload everything, and um, set everything up and get ready to go. And uh, then volunteers, parent volunteers, will get there a little bit early. We do a little orientation with them. Mm-hmm. And like Marcus said, try to th- make sure that they know we are very grateful um, oh, yeah. for getting to teach their kids <laughs> and that we love our jobs and also that they gave up time to come out and hang out. Yeah. Um, so then just when field, it's a ton of work leading up to field day, but when you get it set up, when it starts, Hopefully, if you've done everything correctly, <laughs> it should run smoothly. And, yeah. um, the way it works for us is we're on a walkie-talkie with somebody else on the other side of the school so we can coordinate the air horn blowing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, usually once field day gets going, I'm just going around just having a blast yeah, watching kids yeah. do all the things we've been working on, talking to parents and handing out waters to people that, are, mm-hmm. you know, that need water and just trying to solve any problems that might happen throughout the day. Yeah, we've we've been lucky enough at our school that um, we have some different you know, like golf carts and different things like that, and so we'll have um, structured time for volunteers to get different waters and stuff. And you just want to make sure that the volunteers are put first, so that they always get everything that they need, um, so that way they feel appreciated and they'll want to come back and they'll enjoy their experience on there. Um, we also um, do a very good job of communicating with parents. So I like to keep a sheet on a clipboard and I go around and every time I blow the air horn, I like to mark off so I know when the end of field day is. So when you have a couple of stations left, one hack that we've learned over there is to communicate with the volunteers and say, hey, you've got X amount of stations left. After this group finishes, can you help us out by bringing the equipment back into the gym? So that helps you at the end of a field day to get everything done and back in the gym. So whether you need to clean it or to store it back up, it helps out a lot. So um, I like to have the, the starting positions for the teachers on there. And then I also like to keep a tally of what station that I'm at. So I'll make sure I know um, what time I need to rotate them and when um, the stations are complete. So having that communication and talking to them is one, you know, field day hack that we've learned over the years to say, hey, we've got a couple stations left. When you hear that final air horn, can you have some students or yourself just drop off the equipment in the gym? And that helps out so much at the end of the day. Yeah, it's great to got to have that help cleaning up. So it takes a long time to set up, but then at the end of the day, every group just brings the equipment back to the gym. It's real quick to clean real everything quick, up. Um, and then just wrapping it up make sure you send out like a big thank you to all the teachers to all the students to all the parents um, that helped out and helped field day be a smashing success and that's a few of our tips for field day you got anything else to add now that's it man a lot of of good stuff a lot of good resources on there you can use yeah so if you want to check out any of the links um, you can check out the resource guide ebook we got a bunch of different games ready to print some uh, more videos and things like that make sure to check out the link below to give you some great ideas for your next field day and good luck with it we hope it's a blast hope it's a ton of fun and we hope it's really really successful and you get some good feedback from it as always take what works trash what doesn't and have fun and teach on catch you guys later Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Phys Ed Q&A Show podcast. I hope it was so helpful and you got some serious value bombs out of it. 
just wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the PE Specialist Membership Community. It's an awesome crew of passionate PE teachers where we get together, brainstorm ideas, come to with common problems and provide feedback to each other. And we've got a ton of awesome resources like e-courses, online trainings, tutorials, a ton of unit and lesson plan samples, printable station signs, and cues posters, and I could keep on going, but I know you've got things to do. So I just wanted to let you know, if you want to check out the details and see if it might be a good fit for you, you can head on over to thepspecialist.com slash info for some more information. As always, have fun and teach on. Have a great day, guys.